Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. God is good. So everybody got sermon notes? All right, look at that title, All In. All In. I'm just going to start this off, and then I'm going to tag somebody. So are you ready? Oh, okay. All right. So being all in, let's read Hebrews 12.1, and uh, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Your life is like a race. That's a metaphor. It's like a race. You're on a journey, and you're on a journey with God. And so I'm going to give you a quick uh, object lesson. I brought a plate. Y'all hungry? I'm hungry already. And look, this plate has got sections. Don't raise your hand, but I know some of you, you don't want your food to touch. You got the rice here, the beans here. Brittany right there, she, she just eats one thing at a time. I don't know where she got that. But you know what? You know what? And so it don't touch. It, it's all in there. But then I got to thinking about, you know, gravy goes good with everything. Gravy on the biscuits, gravy on the potatoes, gravy on the steak, gravy. I don't matter to me that gravy gets on the green beans. Gravy on dressing. You know, and I've even heard, anybody ever heard of chocolate gravy? Oh, man. Chocolate gravy on a biscuit, chocolate gravy on pancakes. But gravy's like God. He goes with everything. God wants to go in everything. And, 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 you know, in South Louisiana, and I'm not from South Louisiana, but I do cook some South Louisiana stuff, they have the Holy Trinity, onions, bell pepper, and celery. That's what they call it. They cook it in everything. They cook it in everything. I don't care what it is. They're going to put it in there, and it's called the, they call it the Holy Trinity. Well, God wants to be in everything we do, and he wants you to be all in because he's all in, and you know what? God's all in about you. Everything about you, God's all in. And so we compartmentalize our lives. God's at church, but our home is up here. Our job is over here, but God wants to go to work with you. God wants to be in your house. God wants you to be in the Word with Him. And you know what? He's following you to work whether you recognize Him or not at work. He's at work. He's standing behind you. He's looking over your shoulder. Oh, man, somebody just got convicted. Oh, Lord, don't look up. But you know what? Quit doing it then. He wants to be involved in your life. Why don't you let him be involved in everything we do to be all in? To be all in is what it's about. Be all in. You know, there's, there's several things people aren't all in about. And I'm going to pick on a, a hard one. When you go to vote, God needs to be all in. You're not voting for yourself. You're voting for righteousness. You're voting for God. And you got to pick out who's the most going to serve God and do what God said. And what I'm saying is that because, listen, our, man, there's too much abortion in our country. Mm-mm. One's, give, you know, there's more children being aborted in New York, African-American children, than being born. What is that? What is that? That's wrong, what that is. And so when you get, you, you, you start praying and you ask God who to vote for. But you know what? We vote for ourselves. We vote for how much money we can get or what they, what, wait, no, what does God want? How about at work? 
You showing up early? You working for God? We, work, we need to be working for God. You know, that makes it easy. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter how ugly they get, how mean, I'm doing this for God. God's my source, my strength, my shield. If I lose this job, I'll get a better one. I'm serving God at my work. I'm serving God in my house. I'm training my kids to serve God. Amen? So let's get all in. Are you all in? Come on, Tim. Hello. There we are. Ooh, look at this fine-looking bunch. Give yourself a hand clap this morning. Look good. Got up out of bed. Washed your face. I got warm water, guys. Actually, I got hot water. That's a, that's a blessing of the Lord at our house after about a week and a half. All in. We're talking about all in. This is good stuff. The very first thing, I, I woke up this morning and was meditating on the message, and God, as I prayed for you, God began to tell me some things about this congregation. He said, there's two things that prevent people from being all in. And they are Satan's twisted sisters. Wasn't there a band by the name of that years ago? Twisted sisters. They are fear and regret. Now, God has his own pair. He has the power twins. They're called faith and patience. You missed that one. They're called faith and patience. Let's deal with regret first. This is my preamble to this, so bear with me just a minute. We're going to deal with regret first. Regret. Some of you this morning couldn't even raise your hands and praise to God because of regret of yesterday. Pastor hit it right square between the eyes. Your regrets, you're thinking about yesterday, you're thinking about what happened yesterday, last year, 10 years, 5 years, 20 minutes ago. Notice that there is no fear in a contestant who knows that they have a winning hand. You know, when it comes to fear and regret, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. So your faith and patience is knocked off course by what you're allowing to play out through your mind. As the sister said this morning, it's all in your mind. What you're allowing to be played out in your mind. Fear this morning. Some of you can't move forward because of the fear of what happened yesterday or the fear of what might happen tomorrow. Do you know some of the most powerful, happy, joy-filled people are people that are all in? People who have committed in their, in their minds that whatever the Word of God says, what does the Word say? I am all in. God, what do you think about this? I am all in. Whatever you say, whatever you declare, God, I am all in. When it comes to this body of believers right here and where we're going from this point forward, we're going to determine that we're all in. I already see the expansion on this, this building. I already see the children having places to, to learn from God, to, to be taught the Word of God, the oracles of God, and grow up and be strong men and women of God. I already see it because I'm all in. I'm all in. I am convinced 
that God has a plan and a purpose for this place, and it's far beyond what we can imagine or see with our eyes, but we can believe for where we are right now and say, God, I am all in. From this point forward, wherever you direct, my feet are ordered, my steps are ordered by you. I'm all in. Lead me, guide me. Take me where you want me to go, God. I'm all in. So what's the key? Like I said, the devil has the two, the, his two, they're called the twisted sisters. You know, I had my own power twins yesterday. I'll give a quick testimony. I don't even know if Buddy's here or not this morning. But a few days ago, me and my son-in-law, somebody blessed my daughter with a washer and dryer, and she lives in a little townhouse, and we tried for probably an hour and a half better part of two hours, to get that washing machine up those steps. Knocked a hole in the wall, scuffed the other side, got disgusted with it, and I'm standing there leaned up against the wall, and, and, and it, we just realized it wasn't going to happen with what we had. So I asked God, I said, who, who can I get? And the whole time we were doing this, Buddy's face kept coming up in my spirit, and I thought, okay, 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 okay. So day or so later, I, I reached out to him, and he said, man, I'd be glad to help you. He said, I'll even get one of my buddies. He'll come, too. And he, called, he said his name was Mongo. I don't know if any of y'all know him or not. But these two guys showed up. And, I mean, we struggled with this thing for better part of an hour and a half, two hours, and couldn't do it. Guys, less than five. I stood at the foot of the steps and watched these guys go up the steps and around the corner and set it down. It's just a matter of horsepower, Pastor. And I stood there, I looked, at my, I looked over at my wife, and I said, I'm so ashamed. <laughs> and and they, had, they had it and the dryer put in place and hooked up and ready to go. It wasn't 15 minutes. In an hour and a half, we couldn't get it up the steps. It was all a matter of power, guys. You know, you when we're dealing, if, if you were, those guys were all in, I heard Mongo say something. I was trying to, you know, this is me, Pastor. We, they show up, and I'm standing at the foot of the steps, and they're looking up there. And I said, now, guys, this is how we were trying to do it. And I said, you see when we knocked a hole in the wall? I think if you lay it down and twist it around, Mongo says, we'll get it. And I looked at my wife, I said, now, buddy, that's, he was all in. He was all in. They grabbed that thing, and he looked at one another and said, you ready? Let's do this thing. Up the steps they went. So that's how we as children of God and believers have to operate in the kingdom. Let's do this thing. Pastor, we're going to do this thing. Pastor, we're going to influence this kingdom. We're going to influence this community. We're going to influence the, our, our workplace. We're going to influence our family. We're going to do this thing. Why? We all in. We all in. You ever noticed, I'll get to my notes here in a minute. You ever noticed a, a poker player? When they're sitting around the table, and, and what happens when the guy's got an unbeatable hand? What does he do? I'm all in. And then they get that look of confidence on their face. Now, now they don't give it away too much, Pastor, because the other people are going to know. But they're all in. Because he knows he's holding the winning hand. Four, does anything beat four aces? I don't know nothing about poker. Does anything beat four aces? 
if you're holding four aces in your hand and you and you know you've got a winning hand, you push that, well, you I'm all in. Guys, I didn't even bring my Bible up here. In your lap, if you've got one with you, you're holding the winning hand. You're holding the winning hand. There's nothing more powerful that can trump, that's no pun intended, that can trump what you have in your hand. All power, all might, just like my two brothers yesterday. God can do in less than a blink of an eye what you've been struggling with for months and years. At an instant, when you decide, God, I'm all in this thing. Let's do this thing. Where am I at? Okay. Wow, I'm doing good, Pastor. <laughs> Number one, forget. One of the biggest tools of the enemy is trying to prevent you from forgetting yesterday. Last week, last night, five minutes ago, like I said, forget. Philippians 3.13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. I could stop right there. Forgetting those things which are behind. What can you do about yesterday? I like the way, boy, she spoke that of you. Absolutely nothing. So forget it. Paul says, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. I'm pressing another, he goes on to say that. Next verse. I press. I'm all in this thing. I'm pressing. I'm pushing. I'm doing everything that God will empower me to do. I'm moving forward. My feet are no longer going to be mired in the clay of yesterday or the regret of last night. There ain't a thing I can do about it. It's washed in the blood of Jesus. I like that song this morning. I'm washed. It's washed. My past is washed, and my future is assured. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press. You know what? I'm going for time's sake. I'm going to stop right there. Press. I'm going to stop with that verse, rather. I press. That's ringing in my spirit right now. Pressing forward. Yes, being all in will cost you something sometime. You're going to still face. And I'm going to get to the scripture right here in just a minute. Paul said, you're going to face some things. Paul knew that he got beat. He got tortured. He got thrown in prison. He faced life. But you know what? He was all in, and his response to this was, in Acts 20, 24, none of these things move me. None of, say that with me, none of these things move me. 
I'm going to face something tomorrow, but you know what? It's not going to change my outlook on the fact that I'm all in. It's not going to move me. I'm solidified. The sister talked about foundation. I am standing on the rock. I am unmovable. None of this moves me. I might get a bad doctor's report. There was a sister reached out to me a couple of weeks ago, and, and she had gotten a, a, a bad doctor's report, but I was impressed. She was calling not to complain and share fear. Pastor, she said, I want you to agree with me right now. This is a done deal. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm well. Nothing. This is not going to move me from the word that says, by his stripes, I am healed. Well, this past week, she reached out to me again. All is well, my brother. The follow-up says, whatever it was they saw wasn't there. That you don't, you don't, you don't, for lack of a better term, you don't pussyfoot around with the devil. Smack him right between the eyes. Jesus did from the out of the gate. Jesus could have said it just that he said it is written, but he was like, what does the word say? What does the word say? I'm so thrilled with the people at work. They're spreading this around. I'm getting people saying, high five, Brother Tim, across the plant. You know, you see somebody on a tug or a fork truck, they're going, five. What does the word say? That's what Jesus did to him. Smack him with it. He He won't stick around very long. But then, then, uh, let me nail this. Become a God chaser. Hebrews eleven six. Number two. I'm sorry. Thank you, Pastor. Become a God chaser. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. The last part of that verse: who diligently seek Him. You're gonna to have to become a God chaser. When you're all in, you'll chase Him. You'll find Him. You'll get up every morning and say, "God, let's do this thing. Let's get on with it." Who do I need to talk to today? Who do I need to pray for today? Who do I need to lay hands on today? Is it that clerk at Walmart? Wait a minute, I've got to find one first. Whoops. <laughs> but I'm all, we're all in this thing. And that's where God wants us to be. We want to be God chasers. All right. Job 22, 21 through 30. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm going to hit the first part. Acquaint now yourself with him. Agree with God and show yourself to be confident, or excuse me, to be conformed to his will and be at peace. Woo! How do you, how are you going to be at peace? Somebody shout it out. How are you going to be at peace? It told you right there. Acquaint yourself with him. Become a God chaser. What are you doing today there, Brother Patrick? I'm chasing God. What are you doing, Brother Peter? What are you doing today? I think I chase God. What are you doing, Rita? Katie? Are you chasing God? Become a God chaser. Show yourself conformed to his will and be at peace. By that shall you prosper and great good. 
shall come to you. Now that ought to make you shout. All from becoming all in and becoming a God chaser, a word hungry God chasing man and woman of God infiltrated by the power of the Holy Spirit to the realm that you overflow. Everywhere you go, you just overflow and run out all over the place. And people say, I want what Jeff's got. And Jeff said, what is that you got? I'm all in. I'm all in this thing. I think I'm done. Father, anoint this place with the spirit of all in. Father, fill these people with a hunger and thirst for all in. Let them know without a shadow of a doubt that upon their laps lays the hand that's unbeatable that the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of them is the greater one. No matter what cards the devil throws at them, they still hold the winning hand. Father, we bless you now. We honor you. Let this place be filled with your glory and power in Jesus' name. Brother Jeff. Man, that was good, wasn't it? That was much quicker than I was expecting, too. That was just like that. So I was expecting another 15, 20 minutes for I to come up here. So that was good, though. So we're going to keep on continuing with the all-in. And you can see on your papers there, um, the number three blank that we have on there is that all-in leads to destiny. Being all-in leads to destiny. When you go all-in, it helps connect you with the God-given destiny that he created you for, the purpose and the plans that he created you for. That's what happens when we go all in. And, and on the flip side of that, if we, don't go all, if we don't go all in, it can actually cause us to miss out on God's best. It can cause us to miss out on what God has for us. And in Mark chapter 10, um, we actually see somebody who's faced with a decision of whether or not to go all in. And we're going to see here he actually made the wrong decision. But I just want to show you a few things in this story. So in Mark 10 and verse 17, it says, As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So right away, when I, when I read that, I can hear that this guy has a, has a desire to live for God. That's part of what he wants to do, um, to, to approach Jesus the way that he did, to call him the good teacher, to come and ask that question about eternal life. He was hungry. He, he wanted to pursue and go deeper in that relationship with God. That's what he wanted. He saw that Jesus had something that he needed, just based on how he interacted and how he approached Jesus. And then in verse 18, he said, why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you must know that you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. And he said, honor your father and mother. So Jesus basically lays out some of the Ten Commandments for him and says, hey, you know, these, this is what you need to do. And the next two verses are really interesting. I, I really got excited when I read these this week. In verse 20, it says, teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. And, you know, that's, that's really a pretty amazing statement right there. Is Jesus went through all these Ten Commandments with him, or at least seven of them, and this man said, hey, I've done all those. And he said, I've done them since I was young, and, and, and I don't want anyone to raise your hand or put you on the spot, but if you think back to your teenage years, um, most of us probably didn't make it through our teenage years without lying or cheating or stealing at some point in our lives. That would probably disqualify most of us, even the good church kids. And right now I can see some parents looking at their kids right now, so I know this is true. 
And I know it's true because I used to be one too. So, so basically, this is, this is pretty amazing that this guy was able to make this statement and telling Jesus himself, he said, I've done all this already. This is, I've been living those things. And in the next verse, we're going to see that Jesus doesn't correct him. Jesus doesn't say, wait a second, I've, I've seen what you did and you weren't doing all that. He doesn't correct him. In fact, in verse 21, he says, looking at the man, it says Jesus felt genuine love for him. So if you look at how Jesus reacts to him in contrast to how he reacted to religious people who were putting on a show, this is very different. You know, he didn't, you know there were, there was examples like when the religious people tried to show off to Jesus and show off to the crowd, and Jesus would look at him and say things like, you're of your father or the devil. You know, that's a, that's a pretty harsh thing to say to somebody. Uh, but he doesn't say that to this man here. He says he looks at him with genuine love. So we're going to see this, this, this is actually true. This guy actually lived the best way that he knew how. This, Jesus saw his heart and saw that he was genuine and saw that he was actively pursuing a walk with him. That's what he was doing. So in, in, if we keep on reading here, he says, there is still one thing you haven't done. He told him, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So basically, Jesus, looking at this guy and seeing his heart, realized that money was an issue with him. He realized that this particular guy, he was very wealthy, he had a lot of money, had a lot of stuff, and he recognized in this guy's unique situation, he had a hard time with money. He had, it was a struggle for him. Jesus recognized that this guy was trusting his money more than he was trusting God. He looked at him and he saw that. And yet, when Jesus looked at him, despite the fact that he saw that, he looked at him and he saw a God-given destiny on the inside of him. He, he loved him enough that he didn't want him to stay where he was at. He loved him enough that he wanted to help him and encourage him and, and move past that thing that was holding him back and keeping him from going all in. And we see that in just a, just a little bit here. And, and what I love about this scripture is if you look at the invitation that Jesus gives this guy, he says, come follow me. You know, that's the exact same invitation that he gave his disciples. That's the exact same invitation he gave to people who got to see Jesus go around and heal people and perform miracles and raise people from the dead. Um, that's the same invitation that he gave people who, after he passed on, who carried on his mission and, and even wrote books of the Bible. That's the same invitation he gave them. That's the same invitation he's given this guy right here. That's a pretty powerful invitation right there. Who knows who this guy could have been? Uh, he's trying to help him to go all in to connect him to this plan that God has for him. And then in verse 22, we see that he has a choice to make. And in verse 22, he says, At this the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. So this man had spent his entire life living for God. He had a desire to do it, and yet he still wasn't completely all in. He was mostly in, but he had this one area of his life that he was holding back and keeping away from God. And that plate that Pastor Brett had, you know, he had this section ready to get all in. He had this section all in, but this section up here, he was holding that back. He wasn't willing to share that with God. And that's, that's where he was at. And the crazy, really, the crazy thing about this is if you know anything about God, when you go all in, when you give up something for him, he always gives it back to you and multiplies it back to you. You know, when I was thinking about his story this, uh, this week, uh, God reminded me of Abraham. And, you know, God told Abraham, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your inheritance. I want you to go just to a brand new place you've never been before. And for a lot of us, that would be a really hard thing to do. And yet Abraham did it. He left it all behind. And before his story was over with, he was like a small city all by himself. He was like a corporation. All the land and the, and the animals and the people that he had working for him, it was amazing how God blessed him when he was willing to give up what would have been a lot to a lot of people. And that's what he did, and I believe that's what would have happened with this guy. Who knows what this guy's future could have held for him if he had just gone all in. Just, to, just imagine what his, where he could have gone. Who knows the people that he could have reached? Who knows the miracles that he could have performed? Who knows the people that would have gotten saved if he had just gotten all in? And even, even beyond that, just in, in, a, in a real natural sense, if you think about this guy, this guy was good with money. He was good with finances. And if you look at those who were close to Jesus, 
Judas was the one who handled his money, and Judas was stealing from him. So this guy could have been a really good person to possibly step in and help Jesus out with his finances because the guy who was watching his finances was taking money from him. So who knows, who knows the future that this guy could have had if he had just been willing to, to let go of this one thing and go all in with God. And that's why it's so important for us if we take a look at our lives and we can all do this, we can see the areas that we're all in and we can see the areas that we try to hold back and keep from God. It's time to let those things go and go all in with God because it can keep us from being everything that God's called us to be. Because, man, God loves us all, and he has amazing plans for every one of us, and I want to see us all get to that place where we're walking those things out. So, so he missed out. But on the flip side, I want to show you what can happen when we do go all in. I want to show you the other side of it because this, this is what excites me. This is what I want to see. This is what I'm expecting to see. Uh, this is what we're going to see around here. So the early church, the early church right after Jesus was crucified and he came back and then went up to heaven, the early church, man, they were all in for God. They were all in in a big way. And every part of their lives was centered around God's plan for their life. And we can see that in Acts chapter 2 in uh, verse 42. It says, every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Every believer, they were all in. It said their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. They were all in. We can see that. It said, uh, hold on, let me get my place back here. It says a, a deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. They were all in. They were like, man, we're in this thing together. In verse 45, it says, out of, the, out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. And it says, daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God. Man, these people were all in 100%. They literally shaped their entire lives out of pursuing God together with each other. That's what they were all about here. And because of that, we see two things that happened. We see two things that impacted their lives in a powerful way. First of all, it says that they, enjoy, they were enjoying the favor of all the people. So they had favor with all the people. That's a pretty amazing statement to make there. In their community, the people that weren't following Jesus, this is saying they had favor with them. That means that they were living their life in such a way, they were loving in such a way, they were representing Jesus in such a way where it caused them to have favor with the people around them. That's pretty powerful. You know, that's how it should be. You should have favor with the people you work with because of how hard you work and how hard you represent Jesus through your lifestyle and through the words that come out of your mouth. But on top of that, because they were all in, because they had that favor, it says there that people were giving their lives to Jesus every single day, every day. In that community, as part of that church, people were coming to Jesus every single day because these people were all in. And that's the same expectation we can have when we go all in too. When we stop holding those areas back from God, when we start living totally, 100% completely for him and don't let anything knock us off track, when we start living that way, we can expect to see the people around us start giving their lives to Jesus because of what they see in us and because of what they see coming through us because of what he's done in our hearts. So that's awesome, man. That's exciting. We want to see people saved every single day. You know, if we, if we lived in, in such a way where we were expecting uh, people to get saved, saved every day like that, that means your family members that you're believing for. I know we've all got family members that we're believing to come to Jesus. Well, that's them coming to Jesus. That's part of that. what happens there. Um, that's part of that. that means Withville getting saved. You know, because of our influence here in this town, that means Withville getting saved. That, because of our influence here, that means, that, uh, that means Southwest Virginia getting saved. It just spreads out from there. That's the influence that we have when we go all in. That's what was happening with the early church here, and that's what can happen with us too when we go 100% all in for God and don't hold anything back from him. His people around us are going to get saved, and that should be our expectation, and that should be our heart desire that motivates us to live that way. 
Uh, we could literally change the culture of our area if we could just go all in. You know, if you spend enough time with people in this area, there's some, there's some cultural things that need to change. I spend a lot of times in the schools, and I can tell you there's, there's some cultural things that need to change in the schools there. And when we go all in, when we get on fire for God, that can happen. That can actually change. We can be the influencers and not the ones trying to play catch-up all the time. That's God's heart. That's God's desire. And that's what we can do. Um, and, I, and, and Tim kind of said this too, but life is just a whole lot more fun when you go all in. I was, I was thinking about this yesterday, and uh, I remembered uh, from Fusion two years ago. Um, two years ago, uh, I helped with the pool, and I think Tracy helped with the pool, and, and Greg helped with the pool. And we were there just kind of, uh, they had rented the pool for the kids in the community. And it was just a fun time hanging out there. And, and I remember that most of the, it was kind of a, if you remember two years ago, Fusion was kind of a gray, drizzly, rainy kind of a day. And a lot of the kids were kind of hesitant about really swimming because it wasn't like your warm, sunny, beautiful day. But um, I remember um, most of the kids had already got in. And I remember there was this one girl, uh, she was a student at George with. And then she kept, her friends were already down there swimming. And she just kept pacing back and forth. Like she was walking the edge of the pool. And she was just so nervous about getting in because she was afraid to be cold. She was afraid of, you know, if, you, if you've ever been to a, a pool or a, a lake on a cold day like that, you know that thought that goes through your head. You dip your toe in. You're like, no, that's, I just don't want to do that. And that's kind of what she was doing. She was just kind of pacing the edge back and forth there. So I saw her doing this for a few minutes. And finally, I walk up to her and said, hey, you know, if you just jump in, this is going to feel a whole lot better. If this jumps in, you won't be stressing out. You'll have a good time if you'll just take that step and jump in. And she wouldn't do it. I tried, I tried for like five minutes to talk her into it. And she wouldn't do it. So I turned around and I look at Greg. And I said, Greg, I said, she needs some encouragement. She needs some help feeling motivated to jump in. So, so Greg, Greg walks up to her, and you can just see on his face he's ready to impart some serious wisdom. He's ready to encourage her. He's willing to help her take that step of faith that she needs to get in the pool. And he walks up to her and just pushes her in, doesn't say a word. So, so Greg gave her the help that she needed to go all in. And, uh, and, that's, and once she was in there, she had a great time. Once she was in there, she was splashing around with her friends. She was just had a great time and stayed in there. And actually, last year, she came back again. And as soon as I saw her, we just connected and, and started talking about that story again because she had such a good time once she went all in. And that's how it is for us, too. Once we're willing to take that step and go all in, man, life is awesome. Life is fun. We just have to get over that fear and the regret that Tim was talking about and actually take that step and go all in like that. And when we do that, Man, it's life-changing for us and the people around us, too. And that's why we need to do that. So it's time to, to let go of things that are holding you back and keeping you from going all in. It's time to let go of those things. You know, maybe maybe it's some kind of a bad habit that you've been struggling with for years. It's time to let that go. Don't hold on to that anymore. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a relationship or a friendship that's been dragging you down. Um, it's time to let that thing go. Uh, maybe it's something where you're dealing with some kind of a hurt on the inside and you've been blaming God for that thing ever since it happened. It's time to let that thing go. It's time, time to be free from that. Uh, whatever it is that's holding you back, today's the day to walk out of here free. Uh, today's the day to walk out of here all in with God. That's, that's the purpose of the day. That's what God wants for you today is he doesn't want you to walk out of here carrying the same baggage you walked in here with. He wants you to walk out of here free just totally free and, and, and excited about what's ahead of you, excited about what's going to happen tomorrow at work, tomorrow with your family, tomorrow at your school. He wants you to leave here excited about what he wants to do in your life. So that sounds good. And I'm excited about that too. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.